You're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads agency. What's funny is the YouTube against even Performance Max, Performance Max ate up the YouTube budget, which meant YouTube work though. <laughs> so what's interesting about it is YouTube, whether it's inside of Performance Max or YouTube on its own, I still think those are the two best areas to scale if we're being held accountable to sales and roles. Should we run display? Yeah. Should we run discover? Absolutely. Are you going to save a dying client that's trying to expand with you know fairly tight budgets or fairly strict ROAS? No. This life event, these new audience segmentations that Google is continuously pumping out because I believe the advancements of Topics API is going to kick in next year very, very, very strongly. So we want to test these as much as we possibly can. But what's interesting here is I have a life event of someone who recently added a dog to their household. Like that is pretty scary specific. Yeah, so there's a lot of new audience segmentations. YouTube is super powerful. It's honestly the best. It's the most powerful way that I've seen that e-commerce works. There's so much more lift here that comes also alongside of this than what even Google could see. Sorry, yeah, there's a question from, from Regina saying, are you saying we should consider GSP only after there's a lot of recent and frequent conversion history? I actually don't, that's Discover. So GSP is part of now Discovery. So the Discover campaign that you would choose if you were to launch a new campaign and go into, let's say like sales and choose your conversion actions and then Discovery here. Discovery is good. The problem with it though, it says, hey, we run ads on YouTube and then Gmail and the Discover network, which is the homepage and more. There is like a little bit of app, app and games display on there, so which is why I don't like it. The one problem that I found with this though, is that this Gmail, when they took GSP and shoved it into Discovery, they killed Discovery. I would love to have YouTube. I would love to have Discover. That would be my bread and butter. The small issue that I've seen every single time is when I try to crank up Discover, I can be half as effective as YouTube only because the clicks and the engagement that YouTube is basing its scalability on are people opening up the Gmail ad. They're not actually going to the site. Specifically, if you mark your inbox as red, I guess, maybe, that's probably what's counting that as an open. The issue though is when GSP was on its own, I had 70% click-through rates, but the click-through rate was measured when they opened up the email, not when they visited the site. So my click-through rates were really high, my engagement was really high. My website visits were really low. My ROAS and sales were terrible. I think my, me personally, and this is someone that's probably be better at running discovery ads than I am, but when I've ran the same audiences between discover and video, and I've only done it a few times though, it video click conversions vastly outpaced the discovery network only because I think it 80% of the spend went to where they saw engagement was people opening up Gmail ads. So I wouldn't actually run discovery i would actually run youtube first and does that answer the question regina yeah did you test the gmail with like impulse buy products or things yeah. that people were looking for okay yeah it did sub 20 dollars products and then we're already spending half a million dollars a month on and everything else gotcha so you're saying youtube outbound before you would invest in gmail ads basically you can't run Gmail ads only by itself right. now. Is that this is Discover, right? And Discover, we just found. Like I would rather be on the Discover network itself and YouTube image ads. The problem is they just you now inherently get a fatty network that eats up all the spend, which is Gmail. Uh -huh. And so that's the part is 
I don't think Gmail's good. Gmail ads, I don't think are, are good at all. I think it's Google's way to email mark to a person, but then it's like they stuck in the promotions tabs and now it's not even in your inbox anymore. And people don't go there, click on those or open them. The problem is that they do, for some reason, get a really high amount of engagement that just never equates to a site visit. So mm -hmm. click through rate on Gmail isn't click of, do they open up the email and then go to the site? It's do they open up the email and then delete it? And it's like 70%. Well, that's not good. We're spending per click on it. Yeah. Personally, the Gmail ads have worked for me and I never interact with ads. So yeah. I'm impartial towards Gmail because it's worked for me, but only with like clothing brands that I've previously bought from that have really great creatives, right? Like new clothing, fresh clothing to look at. You said that previously bought from, so it's an engaged audience. Yeah, I guess I was remarketed too. Yeah. yeah 100% there. But I, for that kind of stuff, I would absolutely agree. Performance Max does that now. They'll send a Gmail ad to mm -hmm. an engaged user, which I, I absolutely agree. If we're talking about cold traffic expansion, I would do YouTube first. Oh, okay. Got yeah. it. All right. Thanks. Now, the, we're testing this right now with another company. It's a very large brand. It's very well known. We did YouTube. It was a spec campaign. We're still running. We did YouTube, Discovery, and Performance Max. Performance Max. 2x to what YouTube could and Leaflow is good and Leaflow is valid and they're actually at like a 30 to 40 percent buy rate. So what's funny is the YouTube against even Performance Max, Performance Max ate up the YouTube budget, which meant YouTube work though. <laughs> so what's interesting about it is YouTube, whether it's inside of Performance Max or YouTube on its own, I still think those are the two best areas to scale if we're being held accountable to sales and ROAS. That's the deciding factor. Should we run display? Yeah. Should we run discover? Absolutely. Are you going to save a dying client that's trying to expand with fairly tight budgets or fairly strict ROAS? No, YouTube can, and we've done that a few times. So that's one of the areas that I think that discovery, if they remove Gmail, in my opinion, be just as formidable as YouTube. Honestly, it would be amazing. Sorry for the millions of questions. Is there a way to run Gmail remarketing? only, I guess we could run discovery with remarketing if we wanted to run Gmail remarketing. Yeah. And, yes, and it could be good for clothing brands or impulse buy products to do that maybe before YouTube outbound because it's remarketing. What do you think? Yeah. And the problem is you have to identify is that also happening though in performance max. And that's where sometimes it's a little bit of a black box where if you did run your remarketing through discovery and you're up against your own performance max campaign, does your performance max suffer? Like if you look at your overall, you'll find that sometimes it's like I spent about the same because I pull out performance max and put it into discover and my sales are about the same, even though I have a 200% ROAS on discover. It's like, well, we didn't really change anything. We just kind of reallocated the campaign name that that was already happening in anyway. We just pulled out yeah. performance max stuck in its own one, gave the same amount of budget and the same thing happened. So I think that's going to be a different topic for a different day was like how to kind of more engage an existing audience. But yeah, that, that would work there. Well, just we'd have to run the test because we can't actually physically see the GSP, I guess, performance inside of performance max usually though, because performance max goes shopping or search heavy, or even just YouTube itself. So it would be a good test to run a discovery campaign to an engaged audience. If you're okay with trying, if it's coming out that that remarketing audience is less of a CPA than a new customer which sometimes that doesn't happen. Your CPA and remarketing sometimes is like 20% higher than new customer demand if new customer demand's heavy. So people are trying to buy a product at a good competitive price and you're getting those good ROAS, good CPA conversions. And then we stick on discovery though and we find out that trying to engage in a previously now uninterested audience is a waste of money. So just always measure those two things.
inside of the YouTube audiences, what are the audience, the new audience types that we've used for performance max work well inside of their own respective channels. So for example, we have this obviously pet company here. And what we've seen is that when I've tested, I'll just go back to kind of day one. I forget exactly when we launched. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it's August 4th. So we've only been running 15 days, but what's really interesting here is we could draw some kind of successes so far from where we've seen our audience be engaged. Now here, for example, and I can say this, okay, because this will be blurred out here. We have two big tests, cats versus dogs. When we're talking about a pet supply company, both RX, not RX, etc. And there is affinities and also life events. So there's new kind of audience segmentations. There's obviously in market, there's segmented, which is kind of what you created yourself. There's affinity, but there's a new one called life event that's actually more recent to Google. And it was their answer to Facebook crashing. And they say, okay, well, we'll start to expand into our interests in audience segmentations like Facebook was. And this new life event one is a gold mine for creative ways to scale e-commerce. This life event, these new audience segmentations that Google is continuously pumping out because I believe the, inter the advancements of Topics API is going to kick in next year very, very, very strongly. So we want to test these as much as we possibly can. But what's interesting here is I have a life event of someone who recently added a dog to their household. Like that is pretty scary specific. Like if you have a company that's selling to a person who is owning an animal and we can tell you that they're going to be adding it soon or have recently added it to their household. What a better way to capitalize on a person based on what just happened in their life. This is not a glitch. I'm interrupting them because I need to remind you that I'm always looking for people to join our team. So if you're passionate about Google ads and you want to work with the best Google ads agency on the planet, please go to solate.com forward slash apply. Speaking of working with the best Google ads agency on the planet, if you're having trouble with Google ads and you want professional help, that's what we do. You can go to solate.com. That's S O L eight.com to apply for your free, no obligation action plan. And if I've given you any level of value at all, maybe think about giving me a thumbs up and subscribing to our channel. That's how we juice the YouTube algorithm. So they actually, know that I know what I'm talking about. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or confessions, hit me below in the comments. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Yeah. So there's a lot of new audience segmentations. YouTube is super powerful. It's, it's honestly the best. It's the most powerful way that I've seen that e-commerce works. There's so much more lift here that comes also alongside of this than what even Google could see. We already have a video called does my YouTube campaigns work? So we don't need to actually cover that topic of using third-party attribution software, such as Norbeam, not triple oil because they're horrible, but Norbeam to see if the view attribution is actually working. This is actually just click attribution, which is pretty interesting. Now there's also view through attributions. This is actually starting to get a little bit more, a little bit more powerful. The all conversion value is my view through conversions. My conversion value is my click through conversions and this was interesting here is this is saying, Hey, there's $3,500 in click conversion value, but there's 7,863 altogether, which is not 7,800 of only view it's 7,800 is $3,500 included in that $7,800 number. So just know it's not 7,800 plus 3,500 it's 7,800 total 3,500 is just in that 7,800 here. What's interesting about this is we see that we have $29,000 in costs and $13,000 in conversion value. Wow, that's terrible. Yes. Now is the all conversion, which is view through, if we don't have Norpium available, we can actually see the all conversions, the cost per all conversion, the all conversion rate, the all conversion value, the all conversion value by cost. We can see all this information here. 
this is something that we want to look at and measure just this kind of a side side thing but the cost for all conversion right now is 102 dollars. that's basically my my click and view through account, 102 bucks that's good because my account overall i think is 40 with brand so this is not bad this is not a bad metric here when you're talking about cold traffic video with a prescription product which means i had to see a video call my vet, schedule the appointment, bring my dog, go get the prescription, then come back and then go to the website and open up a new account and buy. That's what had to happen here from YouTube. I can't do that with Gmail for sure, but I could do this with YouTube because the frequency is high, but I'll, we'll cover that here in a moment. But here's what I would say is when you're talking about your audiences, in-market to define in-market is the last 14 to 21 days of a spike of recent activity signaling to Google that you're in the market for something actively researching or planning a purchase of something that's when you're in the market. That is a very good bottom of the funnel target for a very top of the funnel median to attract. So if you're actively researching or planning a purchase of a one gallon water bottle. Perfect. I'm now going to show you ads about, have you seen our one gallon water bottle? Cold traffic, but they're in market. So they're bottom of the funnel and we're using a top of funnel campaign. Funnels now are pretty much dead in my mind. I'm just using a terminology here, I guess, that we can all kind of grasp. So what we're looking for is at what point in the sales cycle does it make the most amount of sense to put an ad in front of that person? And then what does that ad say? So if they're more closer to the purchase decision, we want to have potentially an incentive, an introductory offer, maybe get them to think about like an auto ship and a discount too. something that is a little bit more direct response, which is really interesting because it's not inbound, it's direct response outbound. It's amazing. I love it. It's so unique. But this in-market audience, that's what I don't even think I have any, oh, there's in-market. So this in-market audience here, I'm not running it right now, but this in-market audience, that is essentially where that, that person would come from. So they're in the market for pet supplies. That's what that means. They're actively researching a some type of product category that Google has identified that matches up with what we want and says they're in the market for that. Do you know all know when you look at your product categories in your feed, how when you go into your product categories and it's like household, bedding, sheets. Ah, do you know why that exists? It's not only to help identify a category into Google. What you're telling Google is when someone comes to my website and looks at my sheet, that person's in the market for betting. So what does everyone else do? Well, I'm targeting betting too. Good. Have you seen Caden? He's looking at sheets right now. That's what we're sharing that information with each other. So when you're looking at your audience segmentation, why not leverage all of the information that Google has as its own first party cookie as our third party data to say, yeah, I'd like to have the person that's actually going to my competitors looking at their products right now which is why our competitive traffic shows up. <laughs> Pretty cool stuff. Now, I saw a chat pop up. Oh, Mohammed, I'm just going to read this one out loud because I'm going to, before I move into Affinity and do that discussion there, is that cool? I know I'm like kind of bogarting. Uh, do you want me to read it out loud for you? I, I do this with Qasim because I when someone reads it to me, I don't remember. And then sometimes I have lines multiple times, I'm slow. And, you know what's weird? I'm very visual. So if someone tells me something, I just forget it. No problem, go ahead. And then I read weird. So let's say person A is actively looking for product B and he bought. So how long does Google take to remove that person A from the in-market segment? Ah, really good choice, a really good question. You know what's interesting? I'm gonna go off of Cosm's theory here and I'm gonna say one week. 
the reason why is Topics API is using their in-market audiences weekly. So what this means is that if I'm interested in product A and I bought, I believe that the decrease of that activity is going to take six days from that point in time, six plus days to be removed from their essentially interest. That seems to be how they're building Topics API. So I'd have to imagine they're probably leveraging some very closely mimicked version of that. But what that means to us is if I'm marketing to someone who is seeing an ad for a, per, a product that they've already bought, my view rate should be low. I probably shouldn't have a cost per view because they didn't actually watch more than 10 seconds because they're going to try to skip that thing as hard as fast. Be like, yes, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Hopefully. Um, but I should see low engagement and I should have a larger audience of higher engagement that we don't go after them as much. That's what my thought process is. And then we say, are you saying you would recommend choosing some audience to observe on every campaign, like just to make for YouTube. No, I use them as hard targets. YouTube, I want to have an AB test of, of targeting. So I'm actually going to be going after these people pretty heavily. So these audiences that we're going to be going after is if I'm going after affinities versus life events versus in market, target all of them, then start to turn on and off based on obviously the success and failure of each one. Thanks for listening to the Google ads podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions 8 at sol8.com. Custom here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation? Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's sol8.com. S-O-L, the number 8.com.